I'm Russell Fugit, president and founder of Good Word Digital. Welcome back to The Good Word. We have a special edition, a little bit more uh, long form than normal. Back on December 18th of 2017, I had the opportunity to do a presentation um, at the Baltimore Business Journal Social Media Symposium. The title of my presentation was Social Media and the Rise of Platform Generated Content. You can see the slide deck at goodworddigital.com if you click on thinking and and then click on presentations from our homepage. You can see and you can also listen uh, to the audio there from our uh, a link to SoundCloud as well as download the slide deck. Um, So, of course, this may be a little bit dated, but it's very uh, relevant as today Axios News is reporting that Bloomberg's TikTok which is one of the platforms I mentioned, which launched on the day of my presentation, December 18th of 2017. TikTok expands out of Twitter onto its own site. Uh, TikTok was a 24-7 news network that it launched exclusively on Twitter, but now it's launching its own uh, digital video platform. And uh, it reads, Why It Matters. Uh, Axios tells us that while Twitter is still the core of TikTok, the launch serves as a big step for the venture to develop its own brand outside of the social platform. So, of course, you had social media platforms that were really uh, founded with user-generated content. Now you have platform-generated content where now you have Bloomberg TikTok creating its own platform and its own network in effect, starting on social media site and now dovetailing into its own platform. Um, Axios points out wonderful other examples of where this has happened, where NBC expanded its uh, Snapchat show called Stay Tuned to Instagram and YouTube last year, where it still airs. But then you also have Now This. Those of us who are uh, Facebook fans will remember Now This, which launched its own uh, launched its own website last year in 2018. So that's just a couple of uh, examples. And you have you know, media brands that are being uh, created on social media and are now creating other audio platforms um, and video platforms and really expanding around their own content and uh, just chase for ad dollars uh, and, and creating other sources of IP and, and revenue and, and just the fight for attention. So the presentation is about 25 minutes. I hope you'll enjoy it. The audio quality in some spots is not great. So my apologies in advance. But I thought sharing this uh, would be very timely and provide an interesting perspective on what media brands are doing. And as it continues to involve evolve 13 months later. And of course, the big piece to consider and to continue to think about when it comes to this is data. And one of the more interesting nuggets that I shared is that Kroger. Um, Again, this is over a year ago is creating um, its own advertising business because it has so much data. And of course, the threat of Amazon, which at the time, I think, had yet to purchase Whole Foods. But in the years since, of course, has purchased Whole Foods. Kroger is is positioning itself. So there's a lot of moving parts um, as brands look to leverage data, generate data. And really all it's about is is getting customers. uh, And then, of course, again, the ad dollars. So enjoy and uh, we'll be back in the coming days with another episode of The Good Word. Before we get into my talk, check out this quick ad read. My name is Russell Fugit, and since I have the introduction, I have to explain the Project Management Professional. Uh, the Project Management Institute is the global certification for project management. So I've had that certification for over 10 years. 
also have a master's of science in project management from the Business School at George Washington University. So um, it's been a very uh, informative uh, experience having that PMP for for over ten years and being able to you know, do a few projects here and there. A couple, you know, looking looking globally, haven't really landed globally yet, but looking globally. And I wanted to get a management degree that was respected globally. The MBA is a very American degree. I won't get into that conversation about higher education in America. My, my brother's in law school. I try to talk him out of it. My sister's a lawyer. My parents are lawyers. I avoided it. And I'm grateful to this day that I managed to do that. So thanks for being here. I'm standing between lunch. I won't, I won't take too much time. Social media and the rise of content platforms. I wanted to start today by asking everybody to pick up, take out their phones or if you already have your laptop out and go to Twitter and check out what's happening. Today is, is history. For those of us who follow the media, Twitter and Bloomberg have partnered to form a new platform called TikTok, which is going to be a news platform powered by Bloomberg. So you have a social media platform like Twitter, and of course, those of you who follow Twitter and just try to figure out how to generate profit, right? They, they're making revenue, they had big overhead, and they, they try to shrink their overhead down, and really how they're going to become profitable. And really, it's going to come about content. How to, get, how to get eyeballs. So they partnered with Bloomberg, and today they're live streaming. And, and when I saw that, and I was scrambling, like trying to keep up with the news, and you'll see I have the news current up to last week later on in this presentation. I had the outline for this presentation weeks ago, but I kept updating it because it's happening right in front of our eyes. Twitter and Bloomberg broadcasting live. So you've seen uh, other platforms like Cheddar, you follow Cheddar, they broadcast live. Um, I watch Bloomberg, you know, I have the cable news on sometimes in the background, CNBC, CNN. Twitter and Facebook, Twitter and excuse me, Bloomberg have partnered. You can go to the live stream now and see you know, kind of what's happening there and what they're doing. And it's just really fascinating to see how these social media platforms are beginning to, to generate content. So you know, content is king. And, and like I said, most recently, last week, the 14th, that was Thursday, Disney bought a lot of Fox properties, right? A huge deal. I think $53 billion deal, right? I think I saw a clip somewhere that said you could buy every NBA team and have you know, 20 billion left over if you, if you were you know, Disney and paying for all these Fox property, properties. Why? Content. Verizon's paying $1.5 billion to buy NFL games. I know we just heard from Michael talk about the NFL. I know everybody's not a football fan, but we all know that football gets ratings, particularly the Sunday night games and the Monday night games when you have the big ticket teams playing. Live events, you know, particularly live sports right now, dominate and really drive revenue to these platforms. So what are you really looking for? What that powers the internet in terms of content? Of course, information and news and, and, and searching for consumers. Um, for, the, for the platforms, generating revenue, of course, how? Primarily through advertising, right? I'm a little suspicious in the long term about businesses that only generate revenue through advertising. And I think that's why you're seeing some consolidation and, and really some scaling by the bigger players because if you're a small player, um, and we'll talk about this in a second as well, and VC back, some of the VC-backed new media companies are really struggling to maintain profitability. They're you know, hiring you know, content producers and, or, or journalists, depending on how you look at it. Some people say journalism's dead, and all you have are content producers now. Um, and they're really still, again, trying to find not just revenue, but profitability, primarily, almost exclusively, in some cases, with the advertising model, a revenue model focused on advertising. The last part, of course, when it comes to content, creating awareness for businesses and brands, and that's where a lot of us come in. Individuals and institutions, campaigns and causes, I love alliteration if you can't tell. Creating awareness, a lot of us I think in this room are really focused on, on that piece of it. So again, content is king. Where I get my background from, 
my, my dear father, who, who was playing for the Redskins and the Cowboys, intern for the Baltimore Sun, wrote for the Washington Post while he played uh, for, the, for the Redskins, and then was on CBS in Channel 9 in D.C. and also with Dan Beardorf, who recently retired doing sports. So I really grew up in this environment with my father, understanding the power of media. Of course, you, see, you, had, you had print, then you had radio, and then you had television, and of course, people thought radio was going to end print, and people thought television was going to end radio. Now people thought the internet's going to end print. And of course, we're seeing dramatic downsizing, but I still believe print is a wonderful technology. I, love, I still love paper. I'm, I'm, I'm not in that millennial generation. I still prefer to. I'm a little bit out of it. So I still value print. And, and, and going with, uh, with a father who has, who reads three newspapers a day and has a deep understanding of the media, of these various platforms. And of course, also the NFL and sports really gave me and helped fuel my perspective and understanding of the value of this. And I have a three-year-old daughter. My father has threatened for Christmas to give me a Washington Post subscription. Because he said, my daughter will love it. She'll get the funny pages and be able to pull it out and go through it. My wife would lose her mind. And my wife, if, if newspapers are piling up, like at my father's house, it does. She will lose her mind. So I've, I've tried to discourage that, but we'll see what happens on, a week from today, right? So for me, where was my background? I had one of the first million Facebook accounts. I worked at George Washington University. We had to have that .edu to have a Facebook account, right? And I've really been following social media ever since then. Now, I will admit, my father beat me at Twitter. He had a Twitter account before I did. And he was calling me, you gotta get on this Twitter thing. You gotta get on this, yeah, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I don't need Twitter. So anyway, I was going back you know, 10 years ago. So December 13th, again, last week, I got this, opened up Facebook and got this. I joined Facebook 13, yeah, 13 years ago. Wow. So um, you know, it was previously worked with Reputation.com on my college classmates with the founder. I did a little bit of work with them. I've done radio, I've been a content producer, I've had two radio shows at different points. I currently write and podcast and blog at RussellFugit.com. I've also written a free ebook for entrepreneurs, which I welcome you to check out. Just to give you a little bit of flavor from my background and my perspective and how I'm coming to this issue um, where we've come from an environment where it's all been about user-generated content, right? And we're still going to have that, but really having platforms who you know, have to be profitable. I know people have asked when Facebook went public, is Facebook going to start billing us? Not, not so much, but they're going to be driving eyeballs, not just using our cat videos and our memes and our Facebook Live. Yeah, they're going to use that and, and sell advertising, get us to purchase advertising, but they're going to increasingly have their own content where they can really charge top dollar and really build audience and reputation for themselves to drive revenue and drive profitability. Again, content is king, and again, there's a growing disparity between the haves and the have nots, and that's a theme. I, want to, I don't want to get political today, that's a theme in our society and, and, and what's some of the legislation that's going on right now in Congress, but you really have, again, this large consolidation amongst these media giants who are gobbling up content and pulling things together. We'll see if, if you know, regulation, if the Justice Department some, wants to approve all these deals that we're seeing as recently as last week. But these deals are really changing the landscape. It's going to impact how we interact, interact with social media. It's going to impact how we interact with the Internet. It's going to, interact, it's going to in, um, in, impact our business. Facebook advertising rates, I think, have gone up over the last year, so for every dollar spent, you're, you're getting some, the, the amount of reach you're able to get for promoted posts is decreasing for the research I've seen. And we don't know if that's going to continue to be the case where your advertising is going to be more expensive on platforms like Facebook and other social media, or is Google AdWords going to become more expensive? So we're seeing that while you have consolidation, the market's going to be all in one place, and there are going to be fewer players, and that's going to impact us potentially when we look to, to promote our brands and the companies we work with and work for. So again, VC-backed digital media is struggling. I think it comes like BuzzFeed. There, I think there are a number of others you can, who you can list who, you know, again, who've been venture-funded in the last five or ten years, raised money, 
you know, hired 50 to 100, again, journalists or content producers, depending on how you look at it, and have gone out there to try to really report and tell stories, but they're getting crushed with the high overhead and then figuring out how to generate revenue with, a, with an ad-focused you know, ad revenue model. Very challenging. Um, User-generated content and platform-generated content combined with the ad network is where the dollars are. And that's what Facebook sees. That's what Twitter is seeing. Hey, let's get Bloomberg. That Bloomberg brand is strong. Let's, let's partner have a network. Verizon, which has, I think, E90 is there, one of their platforms for video. Um, they're partnering with the NFL to have exclusive. Of course, they also have Yahoo as well. Um, and then Facebook partnering with news. You want to talk about news and you know, the whole discussion about Facebook and fake news and what happened in our most recent election. Facebook is now partnering with a lot of the newspapers to create new paywalls. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've noticed it that I could get around some of the paywalls by going to Facebook and going to Baltimore Sun or Washington Post and being able to read unlimitedly as long as I came to that article from Facebook. Now the paywall is coming up when you click on the link from Facebook. No more can you get around it. No more can you go to the Google Chrome incognito browser and get around the cookies. It's not as easy anymore. So really Facebook is partnering, again, social media and the internet and, and content. Um, again, consolidation of print, TV, and the emergence of digital is part of social media. It's all coming together. So you're still going to have some print. You're still going to have cable and a lot of these networks. But again, a, a cable news network like Bloomberg, which has been very successful, is now going to be broadcasting a separate segment on Twitter. And again, why is this happening? Follow the dollars. Follow the money. Always follow the money, right? Now we know we're hearing that for those of us who are following some of the news. Follow the money and you'll, you'll get to the truth in any type of research or investigation when it comes to business. So uh, one of the outlets I follow, which I encourage others to follow or subscribe to, is Axios Media. Um, one, of my uh, my, one of my associates, a fellow George Washington University alum, um, Sarah Fisher, um, this outlet was recently founded. And I think they're reporting on media trends. They have a, a weekly newsletter that comes out that Sarah edit edits. I recommend if you want to continue to follow some of this stuff that's happening. And I'll, I'll just read a little bit of her quote. You know, rapid consolidation in the sector, especially digital, shows how difficult it is for the media companies to survive in the digital advertising comedy dominated by tech platforms. So it's not dominated by the Washington Post or CBS necessarily anymore, right, in terms of the traditional media, as our parents probably most likely understood it. But tech, tech giants, aided by decades of minimal regulation, and again, so the government hasn't really jumped in yet, although we had a decision last week at the FCC, right? Everybody's following that, net neutrality, okay? So minimal regulation, I may even have less regulation. What's that going to mean? To be determined, right? There's going to be lawsuits. There's, gonna be, there's already been protests on the Internet, right, from last week's decision at the FCC about net neutrality. Have scaled to the point at which they're able to adjust their advertising models. Again, the dollars and adapt to consumer demands faster than most media companies can keep up with. That's why we're seeing the consolidation. The, the digital companies that are nimble, that are strong on digital, that can quickly respond to the needs of their consumers, that can quickly have the data set, like, you know, Netflix has really been expert at this and even you know, freaked some people out when they've tweeted some of this stuff that's kind of implied the data they're pulling back. There's a recent example of that that I don't have off the top of my head and it's not in this presentation where Netflix sent a tweet out and people respond like, whoa, what kind of data are you pulling back from your consumers to know that kind of level of, of insight? I think it was 53 people watched this really uh, tacky Christmas movie and they tweeted about it that 53 people had watched it multiple times over like a two-day period and like, you know, what's going on in your life? Why are you so sad? You, you, know, you you 53 users or whatever, and people are like, whoa, okay, that's a little spooky, you know, and you're really following to that granular of a detail that this tacky Christmas movie is being watched that many times. And the answer is yes. They're following. Why? Because the ad dollars, because they want to target you, because they want to sell and generate more revenue. So, again, the, go the global aspect, and this is also from, from Axios and accredited down here, Google and YouTube, 
you know, where the ad dollars, Google, which owns YouTube, I know we all know that. It's where the ad dollars are being spent. Next is Facebook. Then you got Microsoft, which recently acquired LinkedIn. And LinkedIn platform has changed dramatically in some very interesting ways to become more like a social network to me with more news feed options. They really redeveloped their advertising platform is next. Then you have Yahoo, which I believe is a Verizon property, followed by Twitter, right? You look at Twitter, you know, and, and trying to get to where Facebook is and what they're doing, a long way to go, but they're, they're working on it. Again, content's going to be key. Video's going to be key. Amazon, we'll get to them in a second. And then Verizon's down here. And then Snapchat, you know, who's, who's been taking a beating on Wall Street and a lot of the people who look at that from the IPO standpoint are really, you know, being really really hard on, on Snap right now. I'm somewhat of a, of a fan in the long term. I'm not going to give investment advice today, but I'm, I'm a fan of where they're going. And in this next slide, we'll kind of tell you why, because it's a generational conversation. And I think Sterling did a good job of talking about this. So where were we? Spring of 16, 18 months ago, who had the marketplace for, for the teens? You know, so you're not even talking millennials really anymore. You're talking about the so-called, I think, Generation Z is this first term I've heard describing Kids born, I think, 2000 to 2014, I think, is a gen that generation is being segmented. Of course, the, the discussion around generational segmentation is ongoing. Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But you see how it's changed from spring to fall, so maybe six months later. Look at the growth. Instagram staying solid. You know, Twitter and Facebook declining. Then this past spring, so six months ago, Snapchat, again, small growth. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Then you can really see Snap hitting its stride a few months ago, right? 47%, almost half. Almost half or Snap. Instagram, again, staying steady. So Facebook's winning still, right? And it's Facebook on Instagram. Then you got, you got Facebook shrinking, you know, traditionally Facebook.com. And then Twitter, they got to do something fast, right? <laughs> they're, they're shrinking in that, in that market, which is a very valuable market. Why do people want teens? Someone, anyone? You can shout it out. Disposable income, right? That's in theory disposable. Disposable income is is the reason. You also have esports and gaming is is growing amongst that segment. Millennials have started that, but also this next generation of teens and Snapchat is, is becoming strong there in some regards as well, which are very subtle, but I think pretend well for their growth, in my opinion, as well. So very interesting information and data here. So let's go through some of the big boards. What's happening with Facebook? August. They started the new tab. I'm sure you've seen the tab where they have video. They have their own shows now. You know, the, if you're a sports fan, uh, LeVar Ball, Ball and the Family, they have their own uh, reality TV show. Lonzo Ball is a rookie point guard for the Lakers. His father's very boisterous and been all over the media. Recently had a Twitter battle with Trump over uh, his uh, LeVar Ball son being detained in China. You know, big news making CNN, right? So they have their own video channel, original content, right? Partnering with studio houses to do that. Again, sports. And Facebook has had a Facebook sports executive uh, for a long time looking at sports, and they've had conversations with the NFL. I'm, I'm from secondhand degree I'm aware of. But they're even going to focus more on that and spend billions of dollars trying to get more unique sports content. And then, of course, I think two weeks ago, December 4th, kids, Messenger, why? Generation Z, why? Teens, why? Disposable income. Facebook wants to be there, and chat, as has been said at least once already today, is huge. The ability to share and, and, and communicate via chat is powerful. Um, you know, chat bots, for those of you who do customer service or any marketing, 
I've just only begun to personally explore for my business as well how to use Facebook Messenger to generate leads and, and respond within 11 minutes or less, right? We've talked about earlier today. The, the Messenger platform, the idea of chat, of course, Facebook bought WhatsApp years ago to get into the Asian market and dominate chat. Facebook is, is not going anywhere, right? Then, of course, you have, you have Snap. I don't use Snap much. I go on it occasionally, but I did check out, you know, this, they have this five-minute sports center program on Snap now. So, again, you're getting sports, but you have a lot of the uh, gossip networks, at least that I see when I open up Snap, have their own unique content, their own unique short programming on Snapchat. So, again, you have content. Snap and NBC are partnered to form a studio venture, right? They're going to have unique new content. Again, Snap is, is, is making a long-term play around content. And then 48% of daily users, U.S. Snapchat users, can't be found anywhere else. So on Instagram, as well as 40% on Facebook and 80% on Twitter. So again, Twitter is struggling. There's a laggard right now. You know, Facebook doing okay, but they have Instagram too. But then Snap, 48% of Snap users are not on Instagram. 40% are not on Facebook. So again, Snap in the long run, despite what you might read about the Wall Street news, I think is going is to do well if they can continue to progress um, pretty quickly here, and again, you saw the growth they've done in 18 months. If they can duplicate that or continue to keep that pace, relatively speaking, I think they're going to be fine in, 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 the, in this landscape. And then the king of the jungle. Anybody get the metaphor? Amazon, king of the Okay. I mean, Amazon is, is, really, is really dominating, but people are, are responding to what they've done. They bought Whole Foods, right? So you got Kroger is, is building an advertising business. Kroger you might want to say wow or, or faint. Wow. Kroger is building an ad business. Why? Because they have uh, data. Because they have a, a loyalty program. They have information that makes it valuable that they can advertise. And if grocery stores and other businesses do not find alternative stream of revenue, Amazon is going to crush them. So Kroger said, what are we going to do with this data? They're sitting on probably years of our data from the, the discount loyalty card program. You put in your phone number if you forget your card. My wife always has a card, so when I go to the store, I'm putting in the phone number. They have that data, and they're going to use it to generate advertising dollars. And then is Amazon the next YouTube video is dominating. Amazon recently looked in their data and realized, wow, we have people doing uh, product reviews on YouTube around Amazon products. Why don't we partner or, or expand our reviews platform within Amazon to have video where we can have people, we can generate our own video and sell our own advertising dollars around our own products. So again, Amazon, king of the jungle, swallowing businesses whole, creating their own video platform. Of course, they already have Amazon Prime, Amazon Video. I'm sure you all you know, watch you know, Man in the High Castle and then all these wonderful shows they have on, on Amazon. But they're building a video content around, you know, again, user-generated content for, for written reviews. Um, product strategy with video, self-explanatory. So, how do we win? Now, sometimes people confuse me with this guy. I'm glad no one else here did today. My wife would be very concerned if anybody confused me with, with no, maybe. That, oh, well, I'm humble, I'm humble. How do we win? And again, Sterling already touched on this somewhat. Special weapons and tactics, like what are our weapons? Tell stories, tell your story. And tell other people's story if you have the opportunity to. Everybody's not great at telling their own story. And I know I, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be in a position where I meet people all the time. And, and I try to always uh, lead with a listen. And then ask, you know, humbly ask the right questions and then shut up and listen. And you might learn a lot from people 
My, my father always said, if you're, if you're lucky enough to, to, to have your mother, that's the best place to get information at your mother's kitchen table. And if you're really lucky, you have a grandmother or grandfather who you can learn their kitchen table and learn to listen. So tell stories. And this is a real insight for us marketers. People trust their friends to affirm what's real and legitimate more than news brands. And I could find a research I didn't cite here that, that tells you that. If your friend says, yeah, I heard this, I saw this, it works. Okay, wow, I'm probably going to go on Amazon and buy it. Right, especially this time of year. Think about that. Your network, your friends validate your experience and your consumer habits every day. Know your audience and where they can be found. You know, SEO and paid equals reach. And we were talking about that. Australia mentioned that. Too. I think Michael, not Michael, a previous speaker of mine touched on that. came in and it was your speech. Forgive me. But the SEO and paid is going to equal reach. And with, the, with, the, you know, with artificial intelligence, is going to become more powerful. Right? So we heard about that today. Nimble brands with consistent quality content produced at low cost with channel-focused distribution. I subscribed to a newsletter called The Hustle, and they recently sent an email out last week that said, we launched, I think they said they launched in April of 2016, so 18 months. They now, with four people, I think, producing their content, their news, they send it out every day in San Francisco, have over half a million email subscribers, and that's all they've done. So you can look at some of these other large organizations that have venture capital backed, invested you know, tens of millions of dollars in DC, create these large media organizations that are now struggling to, to achieve profitability. We have people using email. Don't forget the original social network, right? Email, a lot of people will say is the original social network. Don't forget it, and don't forget your low tech or no tech, direct mail, other opportunities for marketing and outreach. Showing up in rooms like this. You know, you might be a vehicle of some sort to arrive here. But don't forget those are still opportunities. Again, it's not going to be you know, radio didn't kill newspaper and TV didn't kill radio. So it's going to be a both-and solution to be our special weapon and tactic to be able to achieve and tell our story and reach our audience in this day and age in the grand landscape of what's happening with all these media companies really getting around content. So can you produce content? Do you have value in telling your story or helping someone else tell theirs? Is there value there for your audience or for your brand or for your business or for your campaign or your cost, right? That's really who's going to win and continue to win but you gotta keep paying attention to the landscape because it's shifting, it's happening every day right now. And I don't know when we'll really reach an inflection point when it's gonna settle down. And, and, and maybe you can look and say, okay, there's major networks like you had ABC, NBC, CBS, and then now you maybe have Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. I don't know if we're ever gonna come to that day where there's a comparison to a previous era or if this consolidation, these acquisitions are gonna slow down. Probably the market is gonna dictate that, the stock market, which is roaring right now. Of course, everybody's trending on Bitcoin. Everybody's trying to get me to buy Bitcoin. And, you know, and I don't invest in what I don't understand, so I you know, recommend. That's my, that's my one investment advice I will give you. Don't invest in what you don't understand. But I'm trying to learn about it, but that's how we win today. Any questions? Any thoughts? Anything to add? Anybody want to disagree? Disagree, but don't be disagreeable. That's what my grandmother, who's 92, always tells me to this day. <laughs> well, again, I want to stand between lunch. But I want to thank everybody for, for your time. I hope this was an informative uh, presentation today. And if you want this deck or if you have any other questions or anything you want to follow up with, or if you need help telling your story, your business or brand story, you feel free to please contact me. And again, I'd love for you to go to my website. It's a free ebook uh, for entrepreneurs. You can download for free there at russellfugit.com. And then the business site is Good Word Digital. I have a great team there doing a lot of the stuff we talked about today. So thank you so much. And I appreciate your time. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Russell. All right, as Russell mentioned, um, we are a little...